Alright, hello out there again. This is Beck Barnes and Jim Stebman coming at you with the world-famous Cotton Companion podcast here in this, the second week of June. Uh, whether you're joining us from Moon Lake, Mississippi, or anywhere in the Sunshine State, we welcome you to the Cotton Companion where we are discussing everything in the cotton universe. Jim Stebbins shaking his head at, at how I'm, <laughs> I tried to rein that in. Uh, I am joined today by the aforementioned, my partner in crime, Cotton Grower Senior Editor, Mr. Jim Stebman. Hi, Jim. Hello, Beck. I'm, gl- I'm glad you took some time to pull that together. Yeah, yeah. It gets tougher every week. <laughs> it does get tougher every week. <laughs> we, are, uh, we are back in our offices as the summer is getting into full swing here in Memphis. I know it's heating up outside, uh, but we did have some significant rain yet again. I can hear my Mid-South growers' eyes rolling uh, across the podcast waves here. Uh, here in the Mid-South, we did get uh, some more significant rain. Gosh, we had flooding here in the Memphis City. I don't know about your house, but there were 11 inches reported around my house. Yeah, yeah. we Lots had, of ditch flooding. Yeah, my in-laws had flooding. Anyhow, a lot of rain. And and yeah, and again, I hear y'all's eyes rolling and boo-hoo. Y'all had some flooding in your yard. <laughs> you guys have been underwater all week. I actually talked to my buddy, or all spring, I should say. I talked to a friend of mine who said uh, he went from pumping water off of a field to straight drought conditions on some dry land kind of in the blink of an eye. And I know it's just kind of been that type of planting season thus far, especially here in the Mid-South. Um, but we will be giving you a more broad view a wider view of the conditions across the belt here in a little bit. Uh, for now, want to hold up and uh, bring you guys a message from our podcast sponsor, Phytogen. Phytogen is pleased to sponsor the Cotton Companion, bringing you the latest news to help you thrive all season long. All right, so that is a timely Phytogen ad because at this moment, we want to bring you guys a brief custom content segment featuring our very own custom content editor, Robin Sickberg. She recently spoke with Dr. Robert Lemon, a very popular and longtime friend of Cotton, cotton Grower, uh, but Dr. Lemon is the Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist. And again, he spoke with our Robin Sickberg recently, so we want to bring you that custom interview right now. Hello, I'm Robin Sipper, custom content editor of Meister Media Worldwide, publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine, and I'm here with Dr. Robert Lemon, Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Robin. Well, I know the 2019 season's getting off to a difficult start with above average rainfall and cooler temperatures, and a lot of growers across the cotton belt are having trouble getting crops in or they're a bit later. Your region is coastal in South Texas, and it's planted first each season. So can you tell us what you're seeing and, and any recommendations you have for growers? Yeah, Robin. So even though we are first, we are also later than normal, much like the rest of, of the cotton belt. So that we want to do some things that, that will hasten that crop to the best of our ability. And, and so we, we don't want to have anything that's going to continue delay. So thrips management becomes important. Uh, we want to sure, make sure we take care of, of any thrips that we may incur. Uh, then we really need to think about early season fruit sets. So for us, that, that becomes flea hopper management. For others, it may be plant bugs, but we wanna make sure we retain as much early fruit as possible. And then when we plant later, we just typically have crops that are more aggressive. And so PGR management also becomes a key in managing that height growth of that plant and trying to impart some earliness in it as well. Can you discuss some of the new varieties that you're excited about this year? 
You know, Robin, in a challenging emergence year, uh, you find some nuggets out there. And, and we've seen one of those with, with Phytogen 480W3FE. The variety really has a very strong uh, seedling vigor genetic component. So we, we've seen some really good things with Phytogen 480 in, in some tough situations where it's gone ahead and made some really strong stands. And so we're really excited about what we've seen with 480 as, as we move forward. So we've got to wrap up now. Um, I want to thank you for being on the program, but first, before you go, tell us where people can find more information about uh, these different varieties and, and phytogen.com, I imagine. Yeah, and, and so growers can go to phytogen.com. There is a wealth of information at that website. Uh, I will say that it's it's been revamped in, in the recent past, and, and it's a great place for, for a lot of information, everything cotton. But, you know, I like to tell people uh, wh whether you're a, a, a territory manager for phytogen or you're a cotton development specialist like me, you know, Robin, we love to talk about cotton. We love to talk about phytogen cotton. So we're just a phone call away from, uh, from any grower that would like to visit with us. All right. Well, thank you again for being on the program. Robin, thanks for having me. Okay, so we know, uh, well, we want to thank, first, we want to thank Robin, and we want to thank Dr. Robert Lemon for that, uh, and we know that y'all are planting, or you're trying to get those stands up and going out there. We hope that we are uh, riding along with you as you were in the cab of that tractor or the truck out there checking your fields this month, or this week, I should say, and uh, again, we hope things are we hope things are going well. We hope we got strong stands out there and are looking good for this 2019 crop. Uh, we have a great episode today. We're going to be bringing y'all the news of the day, as always, uh, uh, led by my partner in crime, Jim, Jim Stebbin here. And then we got a market minute update, a market minute, market minute segment, I should say, uh, featuring an old friend of Cotton Grower Magazine. That's Mr. Jim Nunn. Jim is a merchant here uh, in the Memphis area, and he has a very unique and sharp perspective on a lot of things uh, surrounding U.S. cotton, including uh, this idea of how relationships between American merchants and Chinese mills really matter. A lot of business gets done based on the relationships that these guys have built by being business partners, essentially, uh, over these years. And so as everything in business, human relationships go a long way. And Jim is somebody who can give some unique perspective. He's uniquely qualified to talk about that aspect of this trade war, this ongoing trade dispute, and what it means for U.S. farmers. So uh, we got a great episode today. And without further ado, I want to hand the football off to my man Jim here, who will lead us in a little more focused discussion of the news of the day. Take it away, Jim. Thank you, Beck. I'm not sure the football analogy is quite ready yet <laughs> since we're still like 80 days from kickoff. Well, you're, but never, you're never too early. You're never too early, I know. It is It is the South, mm -hmm. and we and we do pay attention from that. But anyway, uh, we're going to start the new segment, as we always do, with uh, the latest crop progress numbers for cotton. And at this point, these are based on USDA's June 2nd report, so they're almost a week old. Uh but as the first weekend of the month, 71% of the U.S. cotton acres had been planted, and that was a 14% jump over the previous week and just a percentage point shy of the five-year average for that date. And when you go and look at the state-by-state -state statistics, uh, some pretty substantial progress was made during that time, and it's obviously continued during the past week. Southeastern states, which were already running ahead of average, showed some planting increases ranging from 4% to 9%. 
There was big progress made in the Mid-South with increases ranging from 10% in Louisiana and Arkansas to 16% in Tennessee and up to 27% in Missouri. And in the Southwest, increases ranged from 7% in Oklahoma up to 24% in Kansas. Now, during this, this past week, the Southeast has also received some much needed rain, uh, which should be beneficial to that early dry, ran, dry land crop that was starting to get a little thirsty out there. Uh, the June 2nd report also included some very early squaring averages for the crop, uh, reporting that 8% of the crop was showing squares, primarily in Arizona and in some of the early planted portions of Texas. And the report also had the first cotton condition report of the season. Uh, it's ranked the U.S. crop overall as 46% good to excellent, 41% uh, fair, and 13% poor to very poor. None of that's unexpected considering the heat and drought that the southeast has been, uh, has been uh, dealing with and the rains flooding and, and other weather-related issues in other parts of the cotton belt. Now, of course, as we sit here and record this, uh, this segment for today, we are just hours away from the release of the June 9th report. Uh, we expect those numbers, obviously, to, uh, to show some significant increases. So check out Cotton Grower's Facebook page for those updates. We'll be getting those, uh, those up and online and in social media here uh, very, very soon. Yeah, we, we hope to see improvements there at 13%. Uh, poor con uh, poor condition of the crop is is too high. So. It's too high for this early in the season. Yeah, but tells what we've been dealing with. It sure does. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of speaking of uh, planting and, and disasters, uh, we're happy to report that the supplemental disaster assistance package uh, that has been long overdue uh, was passed by the House and approved by the Senate on May twenty third, uh, signed by the President. Uh, when he returned from his, his trip in, to England last week. And this package is going to provide some long-awaited and much-needed disaster and recovery assistance for farmers who, who had to deal with the devastation of Hurricanes Florence and Michael and other natural disasters in 20, uh, 2018 and early 2019. And the National Cotton Council, along with other state and national organizations, quickly expressed their appreciation to Congress and the administration for their support and approval of the program. Now, this disaster assistance package includes more than $3 billion in assistance for lost crops. Most of that is going to be administered through the Wildfires and Hurricanes Indemnity Program, or WHIP, that was used in response to 2017 hurricane losses. Now, the bill also contains some important enhancements to WHIP, including assistance for prevented planted acres, and that's something to keep in mind for as we get farther into the news uh, segment here. Uh, National Cotton Council Chairman Mike Tate uh, said the relief is going to be a big help to farmers who are trying to restore their operations, including cotton producers in several southeastern states whose ready-to-harvest cotton was hammered by hurricanes in 2018, and he certainly urged USDA to get this assistance to affected farmers just as soon as possible. Yeah, I know that that's something, Jim, uh, before we switch out, switch topics here, I know that's something that those folks at the Cotton Council have been harping on, uh, gosh, when it was back in March, when I, I think when I was interviewing Mike Tate for, we did a, uh, that have been February. That have been February after, the, yeah. The, for the March issue where we do the story on the incoming NCC president, he mentioned that disaster relief bill as one of the key priorities for the council um, that far back. So I know that they are, you know, 
feeling proud about getting this thing done and in such a satisfactory way because that's something that they've been working behind the scenes on for quite some time. So, Absolutely. So and, well it's, done. and it has been a source of frustration, obviously, for the legislative groups out of uh, Georgia, primarily out of Georgia, the Carolinas, uh, and Alabama and Florida. And, you know, and kudos to all of those folks in the in the House and Senate who worked, you know, long hours and, and you know, behind the scenes to make sure this all, all worked to the benefit of the growers in their area. And I yeah. know, and I'm sure the growers are very appreciative that, uh, that all this has finally been put to bed. Yeah, can't hurt to have Sonny leading the USDA. No, uh, not at all. On something like that. So I try to refrain from being political, but I have been <laughs> impressed with Sonny Purdue uh, in the dealings that we've had with him and what I've seen him do at USDA during this time. So anyhow, well done all around on that disaster relief. Absolutely. Now, in a related topic, uh, in our last Cotton Companion podcast, Beck and I discussed this the new market facilitation program that the administration is putting in place to help offset some of the financial stress at the farm level due to the continuing tariff standoff between the U.S. and China. Now, details on how that program would work were not and still have not been released, but Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue hinted shortly after the program announcement that acres categorized as prevented planted for 2019 may be eligible for the trade assistance payments. Now, that got the attention of quite a few people in, uh, in the industry, and, and, and hopefully, you know, we were, everyone was hoping that uh, that was going to be a possibility. We've now learned over the past several days that USDA's top lawyers have said not so fast. They've confirmed that unplanted crop acreage will not be eligible for payments under this program since payments using Commodity Credit Corporation Authority are restricted to crops, only crops, that have been produced. So instead, going back to the disaster relief program, provisions were added to that disaster assurance program to help provide disaster relief payments for prevented plantings this year. So there's some, there are some funds out there. It may take a little, uh, a little digging and understanding to see which program you need to work with for, uh, for what payment. Now, under this newly revised market facilitation program, Farmers are going to receive payments based on a county rate and their 2019 planted area of eligible acreage. Those county payment rates, which have still not been released, will be based on USDA's estimate of trade disruptions to the county, each county's mix of commodities. So uh, stay tuned. It, uh, hopefully we'll get these formulas and, and the, uh, the payment limits or numbers uh, worked out here real soon, and we can talk about them as, as we move forward with, with some more Cotton Companion podcast. And finally, from a product perspective, GenOut, which is a cotton plant growth regulator from New Farm Americas, has been approved for use as a tank mix partner for the Enlist One and Enlist Duo herbicides. So this approval basically provides cotton growers who are planting varieties tolerant to the Enlist herbicides with another option when choosing a PGR to help manage their crop quality and yield. The approval now adds GenOut as a key component of the Phytogen Rewards Program for 2019 for growers, again, who are implanting Enlist and are involved in that program. Uh, if you want more information, the best place to go, best source to go for information at this point would be New Farm's webpage uh, to learn more about GenOut. And that's all the news there is. Okay, Jim, I appreciate you as always. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, I want to take you from one Jim segment to another double Jim segment, actually, now that I think about it. 
Uh, as I mentioned earlier, our Jim Stedman recently sat down with Jim Nunn of Nunn Cotton Company, which I believe is based here in Memphis, or is he right They're outside? Brown, 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 Brownfield. Brownfield, okay, which is how far from here? Probably within an hour, huh? Yeah, about an hour. Okay. All right, anyhow, uh, Jim Nunn of Nunn Cotton Company in beautiful Brownfield, Tennessee. How about Brownsville? How about that? Brownsville. Brownsville, I knew. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Sorry, folks in Brownsville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, we got Short-term right memory issues here. That's okay. Uh, Jim recently sat down with Jim Nunn of Nunn Cotton Company. <laughs> Jim, can you give us a brief rundown of what y'all two discussed? Absolutely. Well, Jim, you know, we've, we've known Jim for a long time, and uh, he's he's put together a very successful marketing and, and merchant business out of uh, out of downtown Brownsville. And uh, for the Market Minute, we've always, we seem to have focused primarily on, on talking to economists on what we think the, uh, you know, the market's going to do based on, you know, prices, based on tariffs, uh, and things like that. So it's strictly from an economic perspective. And we wanted to visit, the reason we wanted to visit with Jim is to put a different spin on this, basically, to have somebody who's out, out there on the front lines of marketing cotton to buyers, to uh, you know, get their opinion or get their input on what it's really like, what the current situation is, is it impacting their business, what concerns they may have, and and again, the uh, the value of the relationships that uh, that you that uh, that they have to build in order to to keep cotton moving uh, around the world. Very good, very good, Jim. Okay, so without further ado, we want to bring y'all that interview right now. Welcome to this episode's Market Minute. Today we're going to look at the market from a slightly different perspective. So we're joined by longtime cotton merchant and fellow Tennessee volunteer, Jim Nunn of Nunn Cotton Company in Brownsville, Tennessee. Jim, thanks for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Jim. Uh, in this segment, over the course of, uh, of the podcast life, we've heard from several cotton economists throughout the cotton belt, all of them offering their opinions on the market, and more recently, the impact that the U.S.-China tariff standoff is having or could potentially have on cotton. So as someone on the front lines of marketing cotton to buyers throughout the world, Jim, I'd like to get your perspective on how all of this market maneuvering may be impacting your business and, and maybe some concerns that you may have as this standoff continues. Well, Jim, it hadn't helped my business at all because it has not helped the cotton farmers at all. Uh, as we know, in, as we went into the first of May, uh, the expectations were that that uh, we would we had a deal with China uh, to to where we would uh, lift our tariffs on their products and they would lift their tariffs on our. Uh, exports going into uh, China, but of course that didn't happen, and we saw the market collapse, mm-hmm. uh, losing, we went from, you know, 75 and a half cents on July to to 64 and a half cents in a matter of 10 days, and of course we rallied back, but now we've, we've lost some more, we've lost back to that, uh, to the lows where we were uh, back in the middle of May. This has not helped anybody, you know, we're looking at, a year ago we were at 94 cents. Yeah. And today we're looking at uh, December of, of uh, 2019 being 65 cents of change. So, you know, we lost a good bit there. Of course, the farmers, uh, for resilient people, and, and I think generally speaking, supported the tariffs, understanding why they 
uh, were put in place and, and that people felt like generally that, you know, someone needed to stand up to China. But now we're, we're feeling the, the weight of things. The, the grain farmers have felt it too, but they've had a weather market to, to bounce their markets back up. We haven't had that in the cotton. Right. On the cotton side, uh, it, that may still uh, show its ugly head at some point in time, but it hadn't done anything like uh, like the grains have. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just for example, you know, we were looking at the end of April, we were looking at price at 78 cents. On July, today, we're, we went below 65 cents. And they're still farmers holding cotton. So their value went from, you know, a 10 or 12 or 14 cent equity uh, at the end of April to, you know, Today's probably doesn't have any value to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that cotton has always been a relationship business uh, between buyers and sellers. Um, and with these, the tariffs and, and China obviously looking for other sources to fill their cotton needs, uh, what impact has that had on, do you think, on the status of the relationships that the U.S. has enjoyed with their longtime customers? Well, the people I talked to, my friends in China, they, they would like to see the same resolve, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not benefiting them either. But, um, you know, we, we look at just the, the political side of things, and I think that's one thing that, that our country has an advantage in, is that our government can take care of, uh, of our farmers from time to time if necessary. And I think that's one of the things that the farmers like about uh, the current administration even with the ups and downs and the uh, the tweets and <laughs> not necessarily always saying positive things about their adversaries, but you know w- there is a program out there with this uh, MFE uh, version two that's going to help the growers ride out some of these political things. We did not see this forty years ago uh, with the uh, Carter grain embargo, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and if you were to talk to farmers in my area, uh, they would probably tell you that that the MFP program last year really helped them, helped them, you know, stay in business, pay their debts and everything because of an outside influence that, that pushed markets lower. And, of course, we've lost, you know, markets, market share in China. But, of course, you know, uh, who knows where, uh, you know, the uh, soybean business would have gone if we hadn't had the swine flu in, in China. True. You know, there, you know, we've seen where exports from, from uh, Brazil are even down from where they were a year ago. Because you have fewer mouths being fed over mm-hmm. there, fewer hogs eating uh, soybean meal and eating corn. But, you know, I think the relationships, you know, have been damaged, uh, of course, in China. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the price will come back, and that's where where everything will go. Uh, I don't think you've seen any uh, relationships damaged over here because most people are the merchants. The cotton business is different than, I think, the, the grain business because, uh, all parties are tied in. I think that comes back from the, uh, you know, the National Cotton Council where you have, you know, the, the merchants, you have the co-ops, you have the gins, you have the farmers, you have the warehousemen, you have the manufacturers, you have the cottonseed people. They're all tied into it. So you've got an industry which is pretty close, uh, closely intertwined in all, all segments of it. And, uh, you know, and they're working together to try to make, you know, things better. Absolutely. I got one last question for you, Jim, and I appreciate I appreciate your comments and, and your input on this. Um, the 2019 AXA International Cotton Institute is kicking off this week in Memphis. It's a six-week program, as, as we both know. And you served this institute as sort of an active mentor to students for, for many years. Can you tell me quickly about the benefits of the institute and, and the 
what value you get from participating with this? Well, the Cotton Institute, uh, this version of it has been in, in, in place since 1995, I think. And before that, you had, you had a couple other cotton schools. Uh, people from all over the world come to Memphis. They've had as many as, um, I think 70 members in one of the early classes and they've, they've had as few as 12. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the course is a comprehensive course, uh, that deals with uh, marketing, that deals with logistics, deals with paper, paperwork. Uh, they are, the students are in Memphis during the growing season, uh, where they can go, uh, out to farms and see the crops in the fields. They see, uh, you know, they can go to a warehouse and see cotton, you know, being uh, loaded and shipped, uh, and see some of the logistics that, that, that are involved in this thing. But it's, it's a good course, uh, this year, I think there are 25 students in the mm-hmm. class. I think they have 11 from Brazil, which is the largest group of Brazilians that they've ever had. Uh, they have some from India. They have, have one from China, uh, two from Australia. There are a couple of uh, U.S. Uh, students in the group. But the benefit I've received from it is getting to know people from all over the world. Sure. And uh, it's helped my business a little bit. But, in you know, I've had uh, people come up here and visit me, and I've taken them out to see farmers and, and uh customers you know uh, from time to time but the biggest benefit is that you 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 get to sit down and listen and find out how someone does something somewhere else uh i had a friend uh that was in the course in 2014 and he insisted that i go to brazil with him uh and then 2017 and went to a cotton conference and went out to monte grassa you know you know i've heard all the things Mm -hmm. about brazil and the farming but until you actually see it you, you, you just don't understand it. Yeah. And the same thing, I've been to Australia a couple of times too. But you meet people from all over the world, you get different ideas, and then you, you become friends with them, you share information, and they tell you what's going on in their, in, in their business, in their lives, and uh, it gives you a different uh, appreciation for what we have here. And, you know, you go to Brazil where you've got these, you know, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 hectare farmers, and then you, you, you have a friend in, in, in uh, India who has cotton gin, and they're ginning cotton off of uh, one and two hectare farms right. for, for hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just different how everything works. But it gives you a little bit better idea of what's going on in the industry and the problems people have. Sounds great. Jim, thank you so much for taking time to join us on this episode of uh, the Market Minute. Certainly appreciate your input and uh, hope to visit with you again soon. Okay, Jim, thank you for calling. All right, so uh, we certainly want to thank Jim Nunn for joining us. Again, uh, Jim Stebman mentioned earlier that uh, Jim Nunn is someone who we've known. I've known Jim Nunn for almost my entire 11 years here at Cotton Grower. Um, Jim is somebody, Jim Nunn is somebody who reached out very early on in my career and has been a friendly face to us and a great source of background industry knowledge like what you just heard over the years. I believe his son even, I know his son even interned with us back in, uh, I think it was around 2010 uh, or so. So anyhow, a big thanks to Jim Nunn for joining us. So, all right, that's going to just about do it for this, the 49th installment of the Cotton Companion podcast. I guess we're coming up on a milestone here in a couple of weeks. we got to figure out how we're going to celebrate that. Jim, maybe we'll just, I don't know, throw a big shindig. We, well, we're, well, at least wear party hats while we're, yeah. while we're recording. And maybe just to confuse things a little bit more, maybe we can also add somebody, interview somebody else named Beck. Yeah. So that we can, yeah. you know, have multiple Becks and multiple Jims so going here. Yeah, so we can stumble through that. Yeah, so we can stumble through that in great fashion. Right. 
So um, on a related note, we want to thank Jim Nunn for talking to us today. And uh, we want to thank Phytogen, as always, the good folks at Phytogen and Enlist who sponsor us. And we want to thank you, dear listener, for uh, sincerely for joining us. We know uh, that we wouldn't be able to do this without y'all. If you like what you're hearing, by all means, tell your buddies about us, your farmer friends, who no doubt could hopefully get something from this podcast. You can tell them to get to us in three easy ways. The first, go to cottongrower.com, add a forward slash companion on that URL so that it reads cottongrower.com slash companion. Second way, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast these days on whatever manner of smartphone you're carrying around. Uh, wherever podcasts can be found, search for The Cotton Companion and you will find us there. Rate us and, uh, and leave us a message. Let us know how we're doing. Third way, best way, Sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news. You can do that by going to the www.cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. That way you get all of the weekly news that's fit to print along with the current episode of Cotton Companion every week, Tuesday morning, like clockwork in your inbox. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. We hope that you are enjoying our latest issue. The May-June issue should be hitting your mailboxes any day now, if not already. We won't have another one until the August-September issue in a couple of months. So we hope you really enjoy that May-June issue and find something new to read in it. <laughs> and please and please stay with us through social media and uh, and through the weekly e-newsletter. Yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not deserting you, but, no. you know. We're just we're staying away from print for a little bit here, but we're uh, alive and well online. So, this podcast is produced by the great Tyler Hatch. He works at the mothership Meister Media Worldwide in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. My name is Beck Barnes, and I will be back with you in two weeks for the next, the 50th episode of the Cotton Companion podcast. For now, on behalf of my own Cotton Companion, Jim Stebman, we wish you and your operation all the best. Phytogen thanks you for listening to this edition of the Cotton Companion. To learn how you can thrive with Phytogen, go to phytogen.com.